later you understand that it may be helpful for someone. So when you share your knowledges, your experience, and someone will say that, oh, wow, I, uh, I have the same issue, I have the same problem, or I have the same uh, solution. And you just, you just uh, have so many similar moments. You understand, like, no one can understand you better than in the hacker can understand in the hacker, I think. <laughs> so that helps to stay in positive and supportive mood. Hello there, welcome to episode 77 of Ship It and Sip It. Today we have an interview with Larry Kunsevich, who's the founder of Clipwing. She's an ideal guest because she has helped tons of other founders as a designer during the Nano Bootcamp and Nano Grit challenges earlier this year. And now she's striking out on her own as a founder with Clipwing, which is a tool to make shorter clips out of longer video content. I really love it, and I think it's going to go far as a great tool for creators. Lara is open and radiates positivity among the Build and Public founder community, but she's also transparent about the challenges she's faced along the way and how she tries to overcome them. As always, the show is made possible by Paralect, and if you have a moment after listening to this show, please do go check out clipwing.pro, make a few short clips from your longer content, and share them with the rest of the internet. I'm sure you're going to love it. With that out of the way, please welcome Lara to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I've wanted to talk to you for a long time, and finally you're here, and it feels like a perfect moment because... Just earlier today, I got to use Clipwing again to make a short clip for Twitter, and it turned out great. I had a great experience. And so today I want to talk about sort of your journey from designer to founder, as well as what happened in Momentum uh, with Parallax and Eager and sort of the nano grit stuff that was going on last spring into building Clipwing and also how you build in public so well. Uh, but before we get to all that, can you describe a moment of pure joy that you've had with Clipwing recently and what caused it? Uh, to be honest, I think that I'm happy with Clipwing every day, uh, but as much as sometimes I'm upset <laughs> with some bugs, but uh, every new deploy, every new feature or every new improvement, it makes me happy. Uh, every time I speak with someone about Clipwing, it's also make me happy. And I use Clipwing daily because I'm a founder and of course I should, even if I don't want any new videos, I should test it, of course. And every time when I upload a long video and I see some good parts of transcript and I export it as a short clip, I think that, yes, this this is just a result that I want to have and I got it and yeah, I'm just happy because it works and it's super simple. You know, um, I'm not, I'm a bit lazy person and I don't like to check the new tools and to learn how they work and what I love in Clipping, you don't need to learn it. You just open it and everything is really simple and uh, I just enjoy how it's simple to make everything here. Yeah, for sure. I guess we can dive into sort of your motivation for this tool right now, even though it was further down the outline. Uh, did, was this a pain point that you experienced a lot 
before, were you a, a very active video creator and sort of searching for ways to make short clips? Is is that what sort of brought you to Clipwing? Uh, <laughs> I never created some videos before Clipwing, so <laughs> it wasn't really my pain. <laughs> it was uh, Igor Spain as he records do it in public podcasts, and he was always like, oh i hate it it's so slow i need to do a lot of things manually i have 100 videos i can't upload them it's so hard and he always wanted to have some uh super simple tool that can cut it uh this long video into short clips to make um to upload super simple uh cover image for the video and such things and so it was his idea but of course when um <clears throat> when we started to build Flipwing, I also started to create my own videos and I started to go to podcasts and uh, to understand this pain too and to become more close to potential customers and uh, target audience. So, yeah, now I understand uh, a lot of hard moments in video editors and such things, but... When I started, I wasn't really into video, into videos at all. <laughs> yeah, there was one point I remember, one tweet that, that Eager made when he first started out with uh, the Do It In Public podcast. He said something like, I could do like five or six of these a week. It's so fun. It's so easy. And I was like, you just wait, man. Wait till you get to all the editing and all the promoting. It's harder than you think. And it takes a lot more time. And Sure enough, he found out the pain points that are there. But I'm glad that we all have Clipwing to use now, and so that takes a bit of that pain away. All right, let's dive back into sort of your background for a little bit. It's been almost a year since you joined Parallect. What has surprised you the most or least over these last 10 months? Um, to be honest, I wasn't, I didn't expect something from Parallect to be surprised, but uh, I can say that still I was surprised a lot, surprised a lot with my teams. Uh, so I joined the design team and also VeroSkills team. And I think that, okay, we have a lot of different product teams in Parallect, but I think my two teams are the best. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone, <laughs> but they're just the best teams. Uh, and yes, in marketing team, I forgot, three teams. And I love everyone who is here. So for example, uh, VeroSkills, uh, it's my first experience with working not only with founder, but also with uh, when we have PM. And for me, it's like, it's lifesaver. Uh, and uh, um, our PM is Sasha Melnikova. And it's, it, she's just, she's just my angel. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> she's so cool. I just, every time I come to daily calls, I don't know. The atmosphere is amazing. Uh, I think that to be a good manager, uh, team manager, team, team lead or something, it's, it's very hard. And Sasha do it, does it really great. And I just, um, I want to learn from her how to do it. I just, it's my inspiration or something. And yeah, my teammates, that they're always like, I just happy to learn from them. Even if I don't want, uh, even if this is uh, just a developer and I don't code or something, 
I just like to watch how they work because I just don't know. They are so talented and they can learn a lot from them. Uh, for example, also our developer, uh, Ivan, uh, he's more, I think that he's more than just a developer. He also uh, joined calls with founder Daniel and he asked questions. He uh, think how to improve the product. He is not only like, coding because we have a request from a uh, founder. He also thinks how to make it good, how to get new customers, how to make clip, uh, not clip, how to make uh, various skills, um, the best product in the world, I don't know. So I just, so, so much inspiration is this team. I just, that's, sorry, was a really long reply, but <laughs> okay. If, if to stay short, I just love people who surround me in parallel. And it okay. was a surprise. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And I guess two points off of that. Uh, first of all, for, for the developer, Ivan, to be so active in regards to Veriskills does make sense because Veriskills is a platform where the target customer is learning developers or mentors who are developers. So that's awesome. Uh, second follow-up to that is sort of, you said that you wanted to learn from Sasha in terms of product management. And now that you are a founder and de facto product manager of Clipwing, um, so what, what have you learned? What are some lessons that you've tried to apply with your team? Uh, it's very interesting because um, it's also, I think, different situation when you're manager in the team when uh, where guys have some experience and when you have a team when there are when i have only one developer in my team in our clipping team Alice, uh he joins joined from uh, startup summer and he had no experience before so i mean teamwork experience and from my perspective, it's hard to uh, explain why a lot of things are important, like to share updates. So not to code, okay, you can be a great developer, you can build fast and uh, good, but your teammates should know what happens. So on what stage we are now. And <clears throat> to know it, um, we need to share updates. Like, we did this, we did this, and we will do this. And yeah, it was really hard to make it like a habit. Uh, so you don't, um, no need to think, uh, no need to ask about updates, just do it yourself. Uh, and I think that we're still, sometimes we're still suffering with it, with this, but uh, there is a progress. Uh, but my main pain is that I'm not like, um, I think I'm too kind and friendly, maybe, and uh, I don't, I just can't imagine that I will be angry or something, and um, if something doesn't work, I start to think that what did I did wrong, so some problem maybe in me, in myself, and I do something wrong, not my team, uh, but sometimes it turns that I can say the same thing a lot of times and I understand that, okay, maybe I'm not wrong because I explained it a lot of times. So maybe I just should be not rude, but more, 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 more like, more like boss, speak more like boss, not a friend and they can't do it. So <laughs> that's my, 
pain. Yeah, I, and I saw you, you've asked this question or you've explored this topic on Twitter as well. And um, I don't have a ton of good advice for you, but I'm sure there are other people who are giving you good advice on how to overcome these challenges. Uh, let's see. Back to sort of the past a little bit more. Um, you've consistently said that you are not a designer at Parallect. Uh, why is this? Is, I've always been curious about this. Why aren't you a designer? Uh, it's my favorite question, and people like to ask it. Uh, and I think that they always reply in different with different things. <laughs> but um, maybe the only right answer is that because when I joined Parallect, uh, I started to work on momentum, and it wasn't the design was ready. I uh, so not design tasks for me with momentum and i also had twitter before parallect and i started to tweet about momentum i started to use momentum i started to make something like marketing for momentum uh and then the, but i still uh thought that i'm a designer <laughs> for that moment but then uh nanogrid started nanogrid challenge and i spoke with founders and i helped them and I also had a lot of calls. I have uh, I had a lot of questions to ask and to reply on these calls. And I also uh, published a lot of things and insights from founders to Twitter. And I was like, okay, I do everything but not design right now. So maybe I'm not a designer. <laughs> and then it started to be like um, momentum product hunt launch flipping started uh, to be in progress and some of these things that I understood that I'm a designer in various skills but all other things I'm, I'm just don't, don't design it like okay I design flipping but uh, it's one percent of my time and other 99 it's about marketing it's about different things so okay, yeah stop calling me designer <laughs> that makes sense uh, well I for the purposes of this show, I will call you a founder and and that's it. All right, but um, you worked in design for a long time, at least according to LinkedIn. Uh, so how do you think that prepared you for life as a founder now? Um, I think that if I had no experience in design, uh, I would start also Clipwings interface from scratch. Like I would think, okay, I need to make a table, I need to make a dashboard, and I will start it with a blank paper just to make these prototypes and spend a lot of time on it. And with the design experience, I know that there are a lot of templates, <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, websites with some free tools that can, or that websites that have some templates or just um, interface elements that you can use for free for your projects. Also, you can use something from your previous projects uh, because it's just the same buttons but in different colors or something so no need to make it every time from the scratch and yeah it's it helps me to um, to save my time uh when i need something also if we speak about some marketing things yeah when you do something in your own style you have a lot of templates uh, also in your own projects in the past or 
something personal and you can use it for every need and that's it i think that's it all right and you did mention that you were talking a lot with founders during the nano grit and nano boot camp uh, process last spring so i'm curious um what did you learn from them through that process uh, that has helped you now as you've launched Clipwing? Uh, I think it's uh, it's my favorite time from the last year um, when the when I take when I took the part in Nanogrid Challenge because it was my first experience with speaking with founders like this, like with early stage founders and not to speak with them like a designer who should design their needs, but to speak with them, to help them to grow their products, and of course, to learn from them too. And um, so there was some moments that I learned from them. Oh, okay, um, I was too afraid to have this course with these founders. I was too shy. Now I'm not such a shy girl. Uh, I love calls now. And also when you speak with all these guys who was in Nana Great Challenge, they were so positive. There was such cool energy. Uh, you speak with them and you like you, you feel like you you are recharging with every minute of of your um, like call. And it was great. Every time we uh, ended our calls. I felt super great and I have a lot of thoughts in my mind and I was like so motivated also to do something and when you speak with them you understand that they only starting and they some of them had some um uh, they I can't say that they had no motivation but maybe some of them was really energetic and some of them was afraid of something and it uh, and it was also very interesting because you understand that they all are just people, real people, who also have their thoughts, the positive, negatives, negative, and they also stress, uh, they can be tired, uh, they can lose motivation for some time. And you start to learn also how people behave and how people think. And you learn more about these like, troubles when you start your product and you have no waitlist users. Uh, because when you don't build your own product, you think that it's probably simple. You launched your landing page and okay, 100 users in the first minute, but no, it's hard. And it was really, mm, I think it prepared me that this founder's journey will not be super easy, <laughs> but yeah, it gave me a lot of motivation and I just liked that. People, when you talk with them and you give them advice, they're super, uh, they follow this. And I think that my self-confidence was growing while we had this non-agreed challenge because you understand that people hear you, people follow your advice, they believe you and they trust you. And they're just, I think that's the moment when I started to believe in myself too. <laughs> And think that uh, okay, I'm I'm not useless. Maybe something like this. <laughs> uh, well, that's great to hear, and I agree. It was a sort of highlight, at least from the last year, for myself as well. I got to talk with a lot of the founders just in the context of this show, try and share their ideas with more of our listeners, with more people, and 
it's true their energy was sort of infectious it was it was fantastic and i think um in terms of what you were talking about with motivation it reminded me um there's a saying that uh, i think it was some running coach said uh he said that a lot of people think that uh, motivation causes action to do something, but it's actually the other way around. When you do the actions, you, you get more and more motivation. Um, and so I think that was one thing that the founders who were sort of more or less confident to post about their journey, to share in public, once they started doing it, then then the action sort of snowballed from there. And they became more confident, just like you. And it was fantastic. All right, so during that time, they were using momentum. Uh, we were all using momentum. We still do use momentum. Uh, but that was the early version of it. Uh, and when you joined Parallect, it was the very early version of it. It was just sort of this stream feed thing that you could put on websites. I didn't really understand at first what Eager was getting at with it, to be honest. Um, but did what did you think of the of the idea at first? And did you sort of see? Uh, easily see the vision of what it would become what it is now um yeah i just even don't remember that it started only with feet <laughs> but yeah uh i just spoke with Igor every day about momentum and he you know when someone um uh, like really loves his idea and like can speak only about this idea you listen to it and you see also this energy and love to this idea and you listen to it and understand it too and then you just like okay what is this momentum you speak a lot about it let me check it and you also check it and you use it and you understand how it can be helpful for you and for other people just because you you already heard a lot about some benefits but when you start to use it by your own you understand another benefits and for me there was some moments like uh from my point of view the best thing in momentum feed was like i can post something on twitter i can post something on linkedin but to check all these um posts i need to go to different social media accounts and to find it and on momentum feed everything is just on single page all my posts are here and it's amazing because i don't like to check all my social media profiles and that's amazing that everything is one uh, is uh, on one page and uh if you're interested in someone for example okay i would like to check all your john notes uh all your videos video updates or your tweets or something and they can just check momentum feed your page here and everything here and no need to check every uh, your profile on every social media and that's that's amazing um yeah yeah and i'm curious um since you have a momentum feed now on on clipwings home web page um how do you think that sort of falls into the home page from a design perspective because i was always curious about this uh, at least from a content perspective, when, when Eager first put it on the Parallect homepage, I was like, yeah, it's really cool to get fresh updates on the homepage, but also like anybody can write anything there. You can get some random spammers that uh, put their links on, on there. So from a con 
content perspective, I thought it was cool, but I had my concerns. How do you think it changes the design view of a product page? Uh, I can say that it depends also on people who visit your landing page because some of them will be excited to um, learn more about the founder, about the some some backstage of this product uh and yeah it also can be found on momentum feed so um everyone who visits cliffing.pro can see uh what i built yesterday what i'm going to do today and tomorrow and yeah everything is here and i think it's interesting to see how the product started uh to learn more about uh founder and founder's thoughts and some bugs and something personal maybe too because it's also great not to learn only about product updates like wow we have new feature okay good but uh when you see something personal it grows your interest and trust to the product too and that's my was my idea i also uh, i don't like to post only about work and uh, I also published something about some things uh, like personal and uh, it makes brand more alive. Um, and such people who are interested to learn more, not only use product, but also um, they want to use not only product, but also to learn more about this product. It will be super useful. To learn more about uh, how this is building how what's going on and what who is in the team and so on but i also believe there's uh, some people who just uh never never heard about building public for example and they just visit it and think okay what is it but um from this perspective i think that it's maybe like a noise for them when they see this feed on the website but that's also why I um, placed this feed like um, near the footer. Yeah. <laughs> the most, yeah, yeah. So the most important parts of the website, like pricing, benefits, uh, testimonials, they're on the top. Uh, right. But if you scroll to the bottom, okay, check this out. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as someone who checks out a lot of new startups i usually scroll pretty quickly to the footer anyway just to get to their social links just to see what you know what their marketing looks like who's behind it etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so having it right there for curious people like me makes sense uh, but also i guess with the target audience that you're looking at for clipwing these are video content creators they understand this sort of constant publishing more so than other people would would you agree with that yes yes exactly and uh the main target audience now it's a podcast um podcast makers so yeah they all understand about public public updates <laughs> That's right, on. Work. <laughs> right on let's get into the the target audience then a little bit more. So uh, first of all, I always ask founders uh, what they sort of did to validate the idea. You've already mentioned that it was an idea that, that Eager was really passionate about as a podcaster and video creator. Who else did you talk to and what did you learn from those conversations? Uh, first of all, we 
as Igor was like a first customer, uh, it was his request, and also he made this podcast, so he shared his pain with me. Also, I spoke with you uh, from the start about your pains, and also I remember that I asked on Twitter, uh, like, uh, guys, if you if you record podcasts, what do you need to make it like uh, more simple to spend less time on video editing and so on? So yeah, I got some replies. Uh, they're mostly they just met my expectation expectations, and uh, then um, then I think that. Right from the start, I started to check other tools, how they work, like clipping, so competitors or just video, other video editors. Uh, and then I understood that all these tools, mostly all, they have the same features that we are going to build, but it's just hard to navigate on these tools. You should spend a lot of time to learn it. So when you learn it, maybe it's fast to make the video, but from the start, you see a lot of interface uh, elements, a lot of buttons, a lot of this, you know, when you uh, video editor and this timeline with uh, video road, like, and okay, I'm not a video editor person. I just want to cut my video. <laughs> How can I do it? And I just understood that uh, there are a lot of solutions for people in different and other different uh, tools, but everything is too hard. And so, what we should do just to make it simple, because for sure, yes. And even like the worst that I can think of, because I'm not a video editor as well, is Apple's own. I'm not sure if you're on a Mac or not, but Apple's own iMovie. It. I started. I was like, okay, I have this super powerful software built into my laptop, I'll just use that. And I opened it like three times and every time, 25 minutes later, I just closed it in disgust because I just couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't do what I wanted, it was too complicated for me. Um, so yeah, the problem is there. I think a lot of the recording platforms, even this one that we're using now, uh, Talk Studio has have their own built-in features that are sort of trying to do what Clipwing does as well. And so uh, moving on from who you talked to at the beginning, uh, how are you trying to attract those people to use Clipwing? Uh, why should we check it out? What experiments have you done with um, paid marketing as well? Uh, I can say what I'm doing right now. Uh, so this week I'm experimenting with different podcasters. I found them on YouTube and also check if they have some uh, accounts on Twitter. And I cut their long videos into short clips. And yeah, I'm trying to, not trying, I'm, I do it. <laughs> uh, I'm sending them emails with um, short clips, like Google Drive link. And yeah, I'm just afraid that they don't know me. <laughs> I'm just sometimes afraid that they will just market as spam. So, uh, I'm also attaching my Twitter link so they can check that I'm real, Clipwing is real, please don't worry. Uh, yeah, so I hope that people will notice it and it may be like win-win. So I have a real 
case study, like a real long video and cool short clips made with clipping in minutes. And of course, people, if they like the results that they made for, uh, made for them, uh, they can share it on their social media accounts and continue growing their profiles with short form content. So that's my main strategy this week. Uh, but also I tried to launch some uh, paid ads and it was really like experiment because I spent not really a lot of money. Uh, I spent $2, to, no, 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 not $2, uh, let me, um, okay, maybe $5 on Instagram, uh, $5 on TikTok and a lot on YouTube, but only by mistake. <laughs> uh, and what I got, uh, TikTok work, worked the best way because I got, um, got a lot of website visits, uh, a lot of likes, impressions, uh, my profile visits and even followers. But other social media accounts, mm, they didn't work for me, for maybe for such money. Uh, I had not really a lot of views of these video ads and not uh, a lot of website visits, but that was an experiment, first try, so I'm not upset. Uh, will be more interesting when we will launch ads again, because um, we also have new features like captions, we only recently added it, also working now on AI-generated clips, and of course, when we will have this big update, we will launch uh, ads again and check it. Uh, also, it's about like uh, marketing, clipwork marketing. But what I also do is like uh, I'm writing content and I also do marketing, like personal brand marketing. So people follow me uh, and they may like my content and they will be interested in what I'm building. And they will be interested to learn more about clipping and try it too. And maybe to, you know, it works like when you respect someone or when you just love someone's jokes or something, you want to support this person. Uh, well, I know that I will always support someone if I like someone. Uh, because I know that it's hard to build something. It's hard to get new users, especially paid users. And But it doesn't cost anything to make a repost or to write kind words about this product or something. So yeah, um, also make marketing for myself because it can be helpful in clipping. And I make also, uh, it's not about Twitter only. Uh, I also post shorts on YouTube, uh, TikToks on TikTok and Reels on Instagram. I use everything, uh, every single platform is just in, in me, I think <laughs> now. And um, I try to make memes because people love to laugh and it should be good. But sometimes I make some really insightful content about how to launch MVP, uh, why video content is important. Um, so not only jokes, but jokes became, some jokes became viral, but really insightful and serious content doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into that a little bit more because you've been mostly posting on Twitter. I don't follow you on TikTok because I don't really use TikTok. 
I will find you on Instagram though, I guess, uh, as well as YouTube. But um, in terms of the sort of building public founder community that you have become a part of on Twitter over the past sort of year, um, how has that sort of changed over time? So were you very active as a designer before? Have you become more active as a founder now? What are your goals there? Just describe the process and I guess the community that you found yourself in. Um, I think that I was act more active uh, when I started to build Leapring, but the most, the most active period was when we uh, met Momentum <laughs> and Nano, of course. Um, but it's easy to explain, I think that because we, before Clipwing, it was like just marketing, uh, just making memes, making promo images, videos, and just writing some stuff and some thoughts. Uh, but when you have your product, it's ready to be used to get some users and uh, to get some money, testimonials. You do not only like marketing, you also uh, like public marketing, you also because you also do a lot of other things. Like now I'm uh, finding uh, podcasters and make them flip. It also sometimes takes time because, um, you know, there are a lot of fails when I, <laughs> when I found some amazing video, only then I um, noticed that this account is not active now. So this guy doesn't uh, make updates any, anymore. And I was like, okay, I just spent time, but okay. <laughs> So there are just a lot of other things to do. That's why I'm not so active on Twitter now uh, with my built-in public updates. I miss Twitter. I love to build in public because it also, I love to share everything, every, every new feature or every new plan. I love to publish it because it also helps me not to forget something. I don't like like Notion. I don't like linear. I, I like only my paper uh, notebook and Twitter. <laughs> So when I, when I should uh, remember what, what I'm going to do today, I just can open Twitter and I see like my uh, post with my uh, to-do list. And it also helps. But now, you know, also when you're in beta launch, like clipping now, uh, it's always about a lot of bugs. And sometimes... Um, I know, I think it's something personal maybe because I love to publish updates about bugs, about stress, about happy moments too. But uh, when we had this bad week with a lot of bugs with clipping, I I had no, no mood at all to build in public because I didn't want to be like a loser, founder loser. <laughs> Everything is bad. I, don't, uh, I didn't want to, um, to write it. So I was more focused on testing how we fix everything, testing it hard, like literally the whole day on the laptop with clipping is open. Uh, but then we fixed everything. Now I'm becoming more active again on Twitter. Uh, but I think it also depends on some time. For now, I'm more focused on making clips for other people and promoting this way. But we'll be, we'll be more active soon on Twitter too because I also i am going to launch um, Clipping on Product Hunt, of course. Uh, but to do this, 
we also need some great uh, users who use clipping not daily but regularly. So yeah, waiting for it, making everything for it, and yes, prepare your support. <laughs> My, my support is here and ready whenever you need it. Um, I guess in terms of bugs and sort of feedback, like I guess when I made the clip today and I tweeted some things that I liked about the process and some things that were challenging, when you read the challenges and, and the different camera angles and the framing was one of them, um, was that something that you read it and was like, Duh, John, I already know that. Or was that actually helpful for you? I'm always curious what founders think about that kind of feedback. Uh, I love feedback. Uh, even if this is bad feedback, it's good. Negative feedback, it's good because uh, people, not every feedback, feedback is really useful. Um, but sometimes you can find, uh, you can hear something that you haven't noticed. You can thought that, that's, that works works good and uh, no bugs at all. Everything is really simple. But someone will say, okay, I don't know what to do here. Or this is not comfortable. This is not like understandable. And it helps to understand that, okay, it's not perfect. This should be fixed uh, or just improved. And about frames, um, I have some feature in my mind, um, but it's for... Mm, I hope we can do it in October, so this month, but not sure, but I hope so. So yeah, as you know, when you um, make these frames and want to cut portrait video, but someone is like sitting like here, it's really yeah, yeah. hard to find this. So yeah, it will be like face detection or out of focus and we will add it too. And of course it will help to uh, reduce these problems with framing video. Yeah, awesome. Can't yeah. wait. All right. So you did mention Product Hunt, and I do want to focus just a moment on the success that you guys had, that we had uh, together on the Momentum Product Hunt launch. Uh, top product of the day, product of the week. Uh, you had a lot of support from the community on Twitter, from everywhere, and just blew the competition out of the water completely. So uh, what did you learn from that? And how is it going to help uh, Clipwing with its launch? Um, yeah, it was great day. And wow, uh, I remember that I felt like it's my birthday because I had so many comments, kind comments and congratulations comments. Yes, it was amazing. Uh, and what I learned from this day, uh, no need to hide something, no need, no need to be shy. Uh, you should be super active. You should show yourself, you should show uh, your like, product. And if you remember, I posted a lot of pictures with my face, Igor's face and Vladimir's face. Um, and the goal was so uh, everyone on Twitter who will see this, they will remember our faces and associate with momentum. And yeah, I think it helped uh, because um, it's also about something personal, some personal branding. When they see faces, they trust more and they're interested more. So that was my main, uh, and I, uh, I had no ideas about it before Igor asked me to show us. 
So it was Igor's idea, but I, I'm in love with this idea and I totally uh, agree that it's a must to show your face and your teammates. Uh, so yeah, and, and never hide. And when we will publish uh, launch Clipwing, the first thing I will do, uh, it's like a collection of our faces and <laughs> super, super cool images with our faces uh, and memes. Also, uh, the thing that went really cool, uh, it's like um, when you have your active supporters, uh, like who always support you, make their post and ask someone to help you with your launch. Uh, no need to... So it's cool when you can say not only thank you, but you can do something cool for such supporters. And I remember that they made like certificates for best supporter and make this like maybe for 10 guys or something. And also some memes when we uh, hold the like uh, the list with uh, the avatars of our supporters and you show these supporters, you promote them too, you say thank you this way. And it's also great, and uh, I think people love everyone love it, and I love it too. <laughs> so that's my uh, strategy, and I will use it to with Clipwing, and also yeah, be prepared for competition because with momentum it was something crazy, really just crazy because uh, I think we had no competition at all <laughs> that day. Uh, I was really afraid. From the morning, I remember that I was like, I cried a bit the day before because I was too stressful, too nervous. But when we started with with this all this support from Twitter, we got a lot of upvotes. And sometime uh, I remember that we said and like, I think we are winners. And Digger was like. Yeah, relax, we're winners. And we just went sleeping. Uh, the beer. Yes, just like, no worries at all, we're winners. And yes, and we won this first place. I just still, well, it was amazing, but I think it just something went wrong this day because uh, maybe no one like be pre was prepared that we will have such support. I don't know, because... I don't believe that uh, when I will launch Playpoint, it will be also so so successful because the numbers was really just super amazing. We had 1,000 uh, on the next morning. We had already 1,000 upvotes. It's crazy. Um, mm. And now, sometimes when I check uh, how other people launch their products, they had more followers than me, for example, on Twitter but they don't get this first place on product hunt. And I just trying to be prepared for this because it's hard to be prepared for the second place after momentum launch. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You did it. You did it once. It was easy. Why can't you just do it again? No, I think it is really kind of tricky and, um, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think back to that situation. Um, it was at the same time or just after Nano Grit, so there were a lot more sort of founders very actively talking about Parallax at the time, maybe. But what other reasons can you think of? Why do you think it was so successful? Uh, I think that when everyone started to talk about Parallax, it was later. I think it was when Dima joined Parallax too, or not Parallax, <laughs> uh, Twitter. 
yeah. maybe on summer because when we published momentum only me and Digger, i think had twitter and make public made public updates uh and i think i was with 200 followers or 100 followers so i had no really a lot of followers at that moment eager also uh and maybe maybe the building public community was just growing this time and we were like something who joined in the right moment and met a lot of amazing people in the right moment uh and that they help us to grow with momentum with product launch and with twitter and this stuff uh, because now I think it's just harder because uh, there are a lot of new indie hackers, there are a lot, of, a lot of new founders, new products, new ideas, and new launches. And competition is hard. Yeah, and there's like ten AI products every day to yes, compete yes. with as well. Uh, speaking of AI, you you mentioned that you're going to try and sort of put some AI-based features into. <laughs> Clipwing, uh, is there anything else that you can share about that at this point, or is it still sort of in the works? Uh, it's still in the work, but uh, I can share it, of course. Uh, so you can upload your long video, and you can still manually highlight the needed parts of transcript to make your cool clip, uh, short clip. But you can also generate these clips. So uh, what's the idea? It's the idea to spend even less time on the platform on, on the video editing because you can just get immediately your short clips based on like uh, AI AI prompt. But um, there are some pros, uh, pros and cons. Uh, like you can you can just trust AI and export this clip. Uh, and mostly such apps like Clipwing, but they're what um, mostly focus on ai feature they do it like this so you upload your video you get these short clips but they are not really perfect because when ai generates these clips sometimes it's not about value sometimes it's not about the really the most interesting part of the text of the whole video it's just cool because wow it's ai <laughs> and that's it so we won't focus on this feature like the main benefit from Clipwing, but for people who want to uh, get as much short clips as possible, it will be good because you can get your short clips like from one video in one second, 10 clips, and you can export it. And of course you can edit it too, like uh, add captions or remove captions or just uh, edit the highlighted part of text. So yeah, that's it. Super. You've also teased a roadmap recently on Twitter. And what's next that you think folks should be excited about? Um, well, there is a very, very interesting moment for Clipwind, but it doesn't even in progress right now. Uh, but we want to make some custom plan. We have Anya, uh, our video, video girl, and we think that we can have some custom we can uh, just create some custom requests like custom videos for example you want something more interesting that just uh, automatically added captions uh, you can describe your idea it can be used for agencies teams for example and we with clipwing and with help of anna 
we can um, make this video live and it's like a new level because it's not about you upload your video do everything yes it's um it doesn't take a lot of time but it's still limited it's simple but it's still limited and sometimes you need something more and here we go with our new pricing plan like custom plan with anya and this sounds like not for individual it's also can be work for um individual person but mostly i think for some maybe marketing teams uh when you also need to publish a lot of video content daily and it can be helpful also for maybe just for yeah marketing teams it's just my uh next target audience after podcast edit, uh, podcast makers so i um, also uh, on this timeline roadmap that i published on twitter from pitch deck uh the last step was called from b2c to b2b and that's that's about this custom plan yeah and it seems like a logical transition because a lot of the biggest podcasters are basically businesses in and of themselves. They have a marketing team working for them. Some of them have pretty large research teams working for them and whole production going on. Um, so yeah, the potential is certainly there. Uh, so I don't have a ton more questions for you, but is there anything else that you'd like people to know about Clipwing before we wrap things up? Uh, yes, I want to say that Clipwing, um, well, I want to say not about Clipwing, but for, uh, I want to share this message and my thoughts with everyone who watched this video and who supports me because, um, I'm super emotional person and when something breaks, uh, I can start being upset very quickly. Uh, it's not about like, okay, I lost my motivation. I don't want to do something. No, it's not about it, but I can be in a bad mood and uh, really sad. And every time when I publish something on Twitter and I see the comments from other guys who supports me and this support, it shouldn't be like, oh, Lara, don't worry. Uh, everything will be good. No, just, just literally everything that they post in the comments, they make me smile. And I love everyone. So, guys, um, Clipwing, I built Clipwing for you. <laughs> Even <laughs> if you're not my target audience, still for you because um, just um, I love how building public community, um, we grow in this community, we learn from each other. And why I'm building Clipwing? Because I see how other people with without any uh, tech experience they also build some products and it's it motivates and i just if there are if there were no built-in public community i will i'm 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 super i'm sure that uh there were no clipping because i won't find any motivation to do it so just thank you everyone <laughs> yeah that's really interesting and i'm curious especially right now because uh the last year or so a lot of people have said basically that twitter is becoming a lot more negative space uh there's a lot more drama there's a lot more clickbait blah 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 uh but it seems like in this little corner of building public and mostly european founders but founders from all over the world are very positive very supportive uh how do you think 
or how do you um, sort of curate your feed or build that community that is supportive and uplifting when you go on Twitter? Um, I can say that I, I think that maybe there are so many positive uh, guys on Twitter in this community because we all face quite the same problems and challenges and we understand how it works like um, if we speak about other people who don't build pro uh, products or they just not interested in building public or startup topics or something uh, I think people like to be toxic and to be rude and not to be nice uh, because they just like trolls internet trolls they're still <laughs> the same yes but when you founder uh, or in the hacker or just uh, uh, or just even designer or QA engineer but you build in public you know how it's how how cool it is uh, when you can find um, when you're not too shy to share your updates even if you think that it's not really interesting but you share it and you uh, and later you understand that it may be helpful for someone. So when you share your knowledges, your experience, and someone will say that, oh, wow, I, uh, I have the same issue, I have the same problem, or I have the same uh, solution. And you just you just uh, have so many similar moments. You understand, like, no one can understand you better than in the hacker can understand in the hacker, I think. <laughs> so that helps to stay in positive and supportive mood here because you're very you're like one team you're working on different things but you're like one team it's a, it's about what what about community very cool all right i will wrap up with one more question about ai and then we'll we'll close this up because we're almost out of time so which would you prefer a super intelligent ai internet assistant or a super intelligent AI robot that helps you in real life? Uh, I will definitely choose AI robot in real life because there are all, already a lot of AI helpers in internet and I can always uh, use some AI tools and if they doesn't work, I can try another tool. So a lot of things to try on the internet, but... Um, who will help me in the real life? <laughs> so I definitely choose the robot. I also All right. what what would he help he or she or it help you with? Uh, you know, I love some uh, this. I don't remember this name of the movie. I, I really love uh, movies about robots. They like uh, with human habits and human behavior, and they are really helpful. And I think that they became. In movies, they becomes your real friend, like, and that's that should be cool in real life too. So you can, and also if we speak about what can why it can be helpful, um, if I don't have internet connection, a robot can work without internet connection. I think. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, Lara, thank you so much for taking the time to share your journey with our listeners and with the wider world today. Please, everyone, check out clipwing.pro if you're into making videos and you need to make short clips very quickly and easy 
easily. Also, you can follow Lara along on her journey on X or Twitter at This Will Blossom, right? This Will Blossom, correct. Right. So check her out, follow her story, and keep up with her on her latest updates from Clipwing and life in general. Thank you so much, Lara, for taking the time. It's been great to chat with you. Thank you so much, John, for inviting me. It was super cool. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.